This is an AMI podcast. This is Double Tap Canada. Welcome to Double Tap Canada, the show where blind people talk tech. Have your say. Call or text us at 844-971-1999. That's 844-971-1999. Tweet at Double Tap Canada. Find us on Facebook. Just search for Double Tap Canada. Now here's your favorite double tappers. And welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much for being here. I'm going to try to match the energy of a Mr. Stephen Scott, who is not with us this week. I am Marco Flalo. Playing host for the day with Sean Paris. You see, I can still do that, Sean. Just because uh, Stephen's not here. I'm Fine. happy. I'm glad you're happy. And not only that, but because I'm controlling the sounds here, we should have A, no failures this week, which is good. But we're back to the original Hootsman uh, theme here, so we can fade that quite quickly so we don't have to ever hear it again. Oh, no, I like it. It's a blast from the past. Come on now. Stephen's not here. It's right that we play this. Everybody's asking, where's Stephen? Where's Stephen? Where's Stephen? Stephen is uh, under the weather, so we're letting him relax. We're actually kind and gentle souls here on Double Tap Canada. We're going to let him take a break. I know. It's it's like, you know, I I thought this week was going to be a busy one. I was supposed to record some Double Tap TV episodes. We were doing this show. Mm. um, Mm. Lots of stuff going on. And apparently I'm doing it all now. So I'm doing it all alone except for this show. He's let you down by being unwell. That's that's what he does. You know, (laughs) I've done... Every show when I've been sick, when I've had fever, no, I haven't. I've just kind of mailed it in, which is which is fine. <laughs> um, but you know what? It's unfortunate that he's missing this week because there's actually a lot of a lot of fun stuff going on. We're seeing all these uh, Apple devices that were announced a couple weeks ago actually hit store shelves. People have, uh, I guess, embargoes have lifted, so I guess people are now reviewing like all these new colored iMacs and all these fun little devices. Google I/O, lots to talk about there. Even though we don't really. Know much about accessibility yet, but this is a multi-day event, so I think they'll tackle it someday, right? Yes, I, I think so. It's, um, as you said, multi-day, so there's different sessions going on. So hopefully we will learn about uh, Android 12 and any new accessibility features coming through. At the minute, as you said, we don't know too much about it, but I, I thought it was quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, I always like um, seeing what they have in store for, like, the new Android operating system. And now that I have a bunch of Android phones here that are actually, like, capable, I've got a Pixel 4, 4a, I can actually put Android 12 onto that device. Not only that, they announced that TCL is one of their partner partner devices for the beta as well. So we're finally catching up. Like, it's not, it's, you know, remember the biggest complaint about Android was the fact that, you know, the slow updates and no one was ever, you know, it was yep. just staggering all the place. I think that gap is tightening now. So I think we're starting to see some new partnerships form there. And one of the cool announcements they did make was that pretty much Samsung is going to be abandoning their, their Tizen operating system and going back to Android Wear, which is... um. I guess a good thing because they're going to be making some of the flagship Android Wear watches, which is going to be fun because that ecosystem really needs a a big boost. And I think now with manufacturers uh, fully on board, they're going to really have that. Now, that was really interesting to me. This this Google-Samsung uh, dark alliance that's happening. You know, we, we mentioned it before about the, um, was it the Samsung S21, how they had, uh, Samsung had done their own work on TalkBack. And then obviously... Uh, Google announced that Samsung were helping them with the development of TalkBack now across all phones. Um, and now with the Android Wear and Tizen crossover, yeah, I mean, it's good news because I was worried about Samsung going off and doing their own operating system, Tizen, from a sense of accessibility. You know, I mean, I felt like Google had were probably more committed to accessibility, and maybe that's a mistake, but I did feel that. So the fact that these two are now working together, I think uh, actually, yeah, it's a good thing because it's just better for the end user. I'm trying to remember what happened to that relationship because something soured. Um, several years ago in that relationship when they kind of split off and said, you know, screw it, we're going to do our, our own operating <laughs> system. And there was something that happened. I don't remember. Maybe it was a manufacturing thing. Maybe it was a parts thing. Maybe it was an Apple thing. But I think when you look at the sheer numbers, there are more Android devices out in the marketplace than anything else that exists in the world. Yeah, we're talking billions, right? Yeah, we're talking um, absolutely. I mean, in billions, and and I think the majority of those really are uh, on the other continent, like out in Asia. Like there, there are so many Android devices, and very few, you know, iOS penetration there. And really, I mean, at the end of the day, with all these manufacturers designing devices um, that you know can use that operating system, I guess it does make sense. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, the, the the price point affordability comes into it. There's no there's no denying that that's probably the reason that Android has taken off so much is that it's inaccessible from a financial point of view as well. But the fact that Google are, you know, they are making so many improvements now to Talkback, you know, as I said when I switched to my Pixel 3, um that I I thought it was pretty much on a par with voiceover and the accessibility of third-party apps was coming up really well. Um, But with the Google I.O. event that we've just had, um, with the commitments of privacy, that was a big deal that came through as well. The amount of privacy that they're putting into Android phones, which is another weakness and a sort of hit point that people used to throw at Android was, well, it's just so insecure. Well, now they're making big changes to to that as well. And it's easily... Uh, it's easy to track what apps are doing what, when they're using the microphone, when they're using the camera, when they're tracking your location. They're making big changes to that in Android 12. And uh, that's you know, great. Well done. It's a good thing. Um, you know, this is the first time I'm going to tell anybody this, but uh, we've got a really cool episode of Double Tap TV coming up. It's going to be airing on June 22nd, but we are actually given the opportunity to speak to uh, some of the people in charge of accessibility at Samsung. I'm not talking about just representatives here in Canada or anybody in the U.S. We are going to be taking the show virtually on the road to Korea and talking via translator to two of the leads on the accessibility side at Samsung's headquarters. This is kind of one of these once-in-a-lifetime opportunities that we've been working on for a really long time. Um, We're going to have a translator involved. Uh, It's going to be an incredible opportunity to really understand what makes them tick, but really from the mothership you know this isn't just yes. third party this isn't someone who works it this is from korea so this is going to be really cool and that's airing on january uh june 22nd do i think it's january oh my god oh you're hoping it's january don't, don't wish away the year but no look see that's fantastic and that's another thing it is so difficult to talk to uh, the accessibility team, the actual people working on accessibility in any of these big companies, right? Usually it's a PR, you know, who's reading out the accessibility press releases or whatever. And to get uh, to talk to people actually working on the accessibility features, that's a big deal. And the fact that Samsung are saying, yeah, let's do that, that, that says a lot. There, maybe there's a, been a, a big change at Samsung. Global Accessibility Day is what day exactly? It's a. Woo-hoo! Yeah. Today. Today? Oh, my God. It's Global Accessibility Day, and you've got a, a high-speed how-to just about this day. Let's take a listen to it. This is a high-speed how-to Global Accessibility Awareness Day edition. Let's go! How many devices in your home are accessible? Well, as you all know, my home is my shed. So the challenge is just how many of the devices I've got lying around my shed can I turn on the accessibility features of in two minutes? Let's find out. Start the clock. Okay, first up, the computer I'm using right now, a Windows 10 PC. To turn on the screen reader, which is narrator, simply press Control, Windows, Enter. Starting narrator. Narrator heading level one. Welcome to narrator. Boosh! There's one. Sticking with computers, next up, a Mac. So, to turn on voiceover on the Mac, press the command key and F5. Welcome to voiceover. Ting! There's another. Two. Okay, next, the iPhone. To turn on voiceover, if your iPhone has a home button, press it three times. If your iPhone doesn't have a home button, Press the side button three times. Voiceover on. You can also just ask Siri to turn on voiceover. By the way, this also works on iPads and iPods too. Ba-ding! That's three. Next up, Android, my Pixel 3 phone. Now, if it was a new Android device straight out of the box to turn on accessibility, simply hold down the power button and then Hold two fingers in the center of the screen. Just hold your fingers on the screen until TalkBack starts talking to you. Easy. On an Android phone that's already been set up, you can simply ask the voice assistant to turn on TalkBack. Okay, Google, turn on TalkBack. Turning TalkBack. Google Assistant. Tap to dismiss assistant. Also, if you have the accessibility shortcut feature turned on, you can simply press the volume up and volume down keys together to turn off and on TalkBack. TalkBack on. Pixel launcher. 
Poof! That's four. Okay, what else? Uh, okay, the Amazon Fire tablet. To turn on Amazon screen reader, which is called Voice View, simply press the power button three times. Or if it's a new Fire tablet, straight out of the box, simply power on, then hold two fingers in the center of the screen. Voice you ready. And of course, you can also simply ask Lady A to turn off or on voice view. No, I'm out of time. Ah, oh, there's so much more. I've got my Apple Watch here. Triple click the digital crown. Voice over on. Ah, but I'm out of time. Anyway, look, Global Accessibility Awareness Day. As you can see, accessibility is in a lot of devices, but unless someone is aware that it's actually there on the device, who can find it? There's so many different hoops we need to jump through to turn on accessibility features. But awareness is the key. So there you go. Keep spreading the word and happy Global Accessibility Awareness Day. Eesh. Let's take a quick break and come back here on Double Tap Canada. Stick around. This is Double Tap Canada. Have your say right now. Call or text 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Double Tap Canada. I am Marco Flalo. I guess I'm always here, but I'm sitting in the hosting chair for Stephen Scott. Along with side me is Sean Priest, as he is each and every single week. Sean, I know we wanted to dive into Google I.O. a bit more, but I wanted to talk about the Twitter poll that we had up, uh, I guess, about a week ago. Uh, Clubhouse versus Twitter Spaces. I think, if I take my trusty phone here, Twitter Spaces kind of won that battle. It dominated. It didn't yeah. just win. It crushed Clubhouse, which is surprising. Um, but then we, we do need to take into account that this was a Twitter poll. So, you know, there may be some bias on that. Yeah, um, I guess. I mean, 83% for Twitter spaces, 17% for Clubhouse. You know what? It's too bad we can't see comments because I'd love to know why people chose Twitter spaces over Clubhouse. What do you think it is? You think it's just familiarity? It's right there, so it's easier to use? Uh, yes. I, I think, firstly, Clubhouse did have some stumbling blocks when it came to accessibility when it was first released. And yeah, I'm not going to criticize them too much for that because they are they are making improvements. So fine. But I still find Twitter spaces much easier uh, to use from a user interface point of view. I just I just prefer it. But then again, you know, you've got the limitation of, well, you couldn't only start a Twitter space if you've got 600 followers. That's going to cut a lot of people out. So yeah, swings and roundabouts. I'm not entirely sure why um, Twitter spaces did dominate Clubhouse so so much. And, and saying that, last week we said, you know, Clubhouse is on Android now, and I think that may have something to do with it as well. But still, but still invite only, though, so you still have to have that invite from somebody else on Clubhouse in order to get on. And I think that's also what's kind of pushing the results here, is that, you know, on, uh, you know, yes, you have to have 600 followers, that's great, but it's easier to get into the Twitter side of things. It's right there. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm not entirely sure. I did install Clubhouse on my Android phone. Um, I pre-registered and it just told me it was now available. Actually, the day after we did last week's show, um, it, it became available in the UK. So I'm not sure if it's available in Canada as well as of today on Android. But um, I didn't have to wait for an invite or anything for the Android version. I just had to pre-register. So, yeah, who knows? But um uh, the audio thing isn't going away. That's that's definite. I think Facebook is going to be the next one we see with that. But um, I've got to say, I do like the Twitter one. It was, well, you know what's interesting? I found I find that it's um, you know, it's a natural companion to podcasts, right? Because it, it's almost a way to get feedback in a podcast, like we like we get calls or you know uh, you know voicemails on a radio show. You know, to give be able to you go to a room right after a show is done and get instant feedback about what you just talked about is really cool. But you have to find a way to bridge those two, you know, to get that kind of feedback and get that conversation going. But I, I, I'm curious to try this in six months from now, the same poll and to see where we're at and add Facebook to the to the mix or add whatever audio service there is yeah. in the mix in six months from now. Because I get this feeling that as we rule out of this pandemic 
as things open up and people are not stuck at home as often as they are now, and they're back in an office and they're commuting, they may not use these services as frequently as they have. Because, you know, podcasts you listen to, there's no interaction. So you're on a bus, you're transit, you know, you're in transit. It's fun to listen to, to audio because you're not staring at a device. You got to pay attention to where you're going. Clubhouse, you kind of want to get involved, right? You want to talk. That's the whole point. It's not about just listening. It's about yeah, social partaking in that conversation. So are you, you know, where are we going to be in six months from now? That's a, I mean, a really interesting, interesting point of view that I'm curious to see because I feel that Clubhouse is kind of getting boring. Oh, God, controversial. Email feedback at ami.ca and tell Mark he's so wrong. But no, look, I, I think you might have a point because we've we've seen both sides of this argument. Audio is the future, right? It excites me as a visually impaired person, obviously, because, you know, audio is key for me. But is it just uh, a phase? Is it just, you know, Clubhouse, for whatever reason, did sort of catch fire and got incredibly popular? But is that enough? Is it a case of you know, it will just, the honeymoon period is over. I mean, I think Stephen brought the the stats either last week or the week before saying that, you know, was it 53% drop-off in the clubhouse users? Yeah. I mean, that is a big drop-off. So I don't know. You know what? It's not, I've said this before anyway, so I'm, I'm not worried. It's not really my thing. I think it's great for organizing events, organizing get-togethers, but for just getting together with your friends, I think, you know, it's a bit too late. I think WhatsApp and other services like that have got that down. Uh, and I think just for friends getting together, um, I think Clubhouse probably isn't the best way. But yeah, I don't know. It's still cool. It's just I don't use it very often. <laughs> let's uh, let's dive into Google I.O. a bit. I'm gonna, you know, I mean, I've got some headlines here we can talk about because there was a lot announced, nothing hardware-wise, as you kind of alluded to. Um, we talked about Wear OS, so there's going to be a revamped design. They're saying a 30% performance boost, a new partnership with Samsung, which is going to be using Wear OS moving forward, not Tizen for Xnect watches. I mean, you know, this, this, I mean, you know, Citizen sent me their latest Wear OS watch. And mm. what I find cool about this is that traditional watchmaker making a smartwatch, it's been done. You know, Tag Heuer has done it before. Other yeah, companies have awesome. done it before. But this has got to be the best implementation, I think, that I've ever seen of Wear OS because it's in a traditional citizen enclosure with the same materials they use. The only difference is, is there's no mechanical parts. It's just the electronics. It's not bigger. Yeah. It's not bulkier. It's comfortable on the wrist. It's not heavier. It's a really, really cool design. And I think the only thing holding it back is the fact that it is Wear OS. So I'm curious to see, number one, <laughs> Will older watches be backwards compatible? We don't really know that yet. For no. all of them, depends on processors. But will it be that much better? And I'm curious to see if I can install a beta on this watch so I can see it in action. Because, you know, up until now, I mean, most of us have been using Apple Watches because there's really nothing else out there. No, I mean, there isn't Fitbit. Like, who cares? Um, <laughs> exactly. Is there anybody what? else who's competing? Really? No, nobody. But what is it about? The, I mean, because you you love watches anyway. You've said that you love you know, collecting watches. I do. But what is it about Android Wear then in this Citizen Watch that makes you go, "Oh, this is terrible"? Um, it, you know, it's it's hard to figure out how to navigate things in a logical way. Um, it, there's no real home screen type menu interface. The the notifications of the implementation, especially when you're using an iOS device, is not that great. Yes, you get the notifications, but you don't have as much granular control as you'd expect to have when you're, you yeah. know, and it's not the same. It's not any different on an Android watch when you're Android uh, phone, when you're pairing it, you really don't have that much granular control, which is uh, which is interesting. You know, health features are good and, and things like that. But I think at the end of the day, it doesn't necessarily even come down to Wear OS as much as it is that whole Google smart ecosystem. They're just not mature. You know, we don't have those skills that we're used to on the Echoes or the integration yeah. to all those other devices and turning on lights and turning off lights. It's just not as straightforward as you'd expect it to be. And I think that holds it back. Yeah, but what, I mean, 
but you're still interested, aren't you? I know this Definitely. isn't your I'm, first I'm Android Wear watch, so there's something there that that makes you want to do it. Uh, for me, I mean, has that watch got a speaker in it? It does have a speaker in it, not a great one. But it does have a speaker, speaker. so yeah. there is a chance that it may be accessible, as in you could turn on talk back on that watch then have you had a look into that i have not, not but i will definitely try that out when we finish the show today um, here's a question for you though on you know most of these watches especially the newer generations allow you to pair bluetooth headphones directly to it yes so even if there's no speaker you could very kind of covertly have a headphone in your ear uh, yeah true and and you know listen to yeah. your podcast get kind of audio feedback on the go as long as the latency you ever do that um, do it, I, I know I people that do. I know people that are way more active than I, that are you know go out for runs without their phone and like the freedom of having that kind of stuff on their on their wrist instead of having to carry a bulky phone around. Yeah, um, just going out without your phone makes you weird, doesn't it? You got to carry. It your does, phone but you know what? I've I've gotten <laughs> now that the weather's turned and it's nice, and I've got a pool in the backyard. I tend to force myself to leave my phone inside. Leave it inside. It doesn't matter. Go. Well, yeah, but. but you know, I, none of this. I want none of this, okay? <laughs> no, look, coming back to Google I.O., yes, I, as I said before, I think it's a good thing. I think that accessibility is going to get more of a, a promotion, more of a jump uh, with Google on board with Samsung ties. And Android Wear definitely needs something. It needs a kick up the butt because it isn't isn't as mature. So um, and it, it seems like a, a really good way of um, getting into smart uh, wearable and smart watches because... You know, as we said before, Android devices are more affordable on, on most cases. Yeah. So it'd be a great way to get smartwatches out there because, you know, they are a good thing. So here's what they're saying. They're saying that the next generation watches will be more cellular ready. They'll have better battery life. Also, look like they have more fitness and health features. Um, yeah. Odds are the platform will be parallel with what Samsung's already been building with the Galaxy yeah. Watch Active wearables. Um, and we're going to see 30% faster performance is allowing us to add animations and transitions that are smoother than they had before, all powered by the latest chipset. So I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to come out. And I'm curious to see again, you know, will this, you know, it says that's powered on chipsets. So does that mean that anything that we've seen to date is not going to be as compatible? That's going to be interesting. Well, that's always been the curse of Android, though, isn't it? You know, you, you can get any manufacturer making the hardware and that causes some issues in itself. You know, is it going to be powerful enough when it comes to, in our point, accessibility or or whatever? You know, you get terrible Android devices on the cheaper end as well. That's just not up to uh, running what you want it to do. So let's see a couple other headlines from Google I.O. They're going to be rolling out some map updates in the coming months with new routing optimizations, enhancements for live view, detailed street maps. This is something that I think, um, you know, when it comes to search and maps, Google has killed everybody. They've just done it so well for so long. They have such a head up on the competition. The, the, the first person point of view when you're looking at street view and being able to use accelerometers and compasses to really... Yep give you feedback i mean on the accessibility side of things is it as accessible as i think it is uh yeah actually it's, it is it's really good but um i i think i've heard a lot of people because i was talking about the ar segment of google maps right now um so before it was pick your phone up and it will give you little arrows to give you directions of which way to go you know overlay the graphics on the real world uh, environment around you now what they announced at google io was that they're going to extend that now so rather than just you know, directions, go this way, I'll go up this street. They're actually going to put information such as, you know, uh, point your phone at a, a building and it will tell you the business that's there and you can look up the menu and how busy it is at this current moment, if there's any seats available and things like that. Now, people I've been speaking to have said, well, it's AR, right? It's all to do with the visuals about uh, of what's going on and who cares about that? But actually, it's more than that. It's the fact that they can get that information, that amount of information, uh, they're choosing to present it in the form of AR, right? Graphic overlay over yeah. a, a video stream. But they could present that in any way when it comes to accessibility. They know exactly your location. They know the location of the business or whatever it is you're looking at, and they can give you that information. And, and that's key. It's all digital, so they can present it to you in whatever way. So, yeah, I think opening up and sort of, as you said, the way Google have got all their databases in hand, you know, they've got so much information out there. Being able to access that quickly in whatever way it turns out to be, and you know, obviously I'd love audio, 
it's a good thing. And they're also talking about um, indoor um, navigation and live views like that as well. So, yeah, fantastic. You make an amazing case for a pair of glasses. You know that, right? A pair of sunglasses oh, yes. with, with obviously with LiDAR, but with just to be able to not have to hold your phone up to a building, but just turn your head and face the building Again, yep. if you don't have vision, you can do that. You can turn your head, you can face it. You don't have to worry about trying to dream. find it. Imagine that, you know, and being able to get that <laughs> audio feedback in your ears while you're walking and saying, okay, no, there's too many people and waiting in line for, you know, the vaccine. So I'm going to come back a bit later and you could see when it's going to be quieter. I mean, those analytics and that amount of detail that Google has and the fact that they can use AI to predict things like how busy a place is going to be blows my mind. It just yep. I know I know how it works. I know that there's magic behind you know behind the curtain. Oh, it's magic. Yeah, it's all magic. It's all it's all the wizard, the wizard behind the curtain. Of course um, it is. And and I know that he's he's working his magic, but it's just it's still so cool. And I just can't wait for that. I, honestly, I can't wait for services like that to be so embedded and ingrained in everything we do that it's just it's just a given. Like you know, you walk into a building, you know your your calendar knows exactly where you're going, what your appointment's for, and it yep. tells you you know what. Wait 15 minutes. You don't have to leave now. Traffic's a bit lighter. And by the way, there's a lot of people there now. So if you go in 15 minutes, it's going to be quieter. Really? Yeah. Like you don't have to do anything and it just tells you that? That makes well, life easier. It's the future, isn't it? That's the dream that everyone the wants. Future. It doesn't matter if, you're, if you care about accessibility <laughs> or not. Well, it is. I mean, that's what we've been watching on movies and TV shows all the time. You know, you, you put a pair of glasses on a bang. You've got all this world of information on your face. Absolutely amazing. And uh, yeah. Uh, until the Apple glasses come out, until we see other ones, because it always seems it's a bit like the smartwatches, right? The potential of what they could do is amazing, but it just seems like we're not quite there yet. So as soon as we get those smart glasses, which aren't like a big welder's mask, but more like a pair of sunglasses <laughs> on our heads, I think it's going to be a different world. It's going to be just like when we moved from the big briefcase uh, size smartphone, uh, mobile phones to the smartphones. I think it's going to be that much of a shift. I almost wonder if, if these smartwatches and these portable devices have all been some kind of just testing ground to see, okay, what information do people really need that's not on their phone, that they really need that's just, you know, on their head that we can use. And then eventually they're going to take all that information and say, okay, we're going to put this in a pair of glasses or put this in this technology. I saw there was, I think it was Mercedes or Audi demonstrating a smart windshield which has AR built into it that can show you things happening on the road in front of you and predict things happening on the road in front of you. Wow. It's, it's just it's just insane, and I cannot wait to see that kind of stuff coming up. Um, speaking of coming up, uh, we've got way more to come here on this edition of Double Dog Canada. If you want to get involved, we've got a phone number. That is 1-844-971-1999, Email address feedback at ami.ca, and if you're not following us on all our social media, what the heck are you waiting for? It's at Double Tap Canada on Twitter. Come on, guys. And we're even on Instagram now, at doubletap.online. Are you following us, Sean? No. Oh, well, we're going to take a quick break, and when do. we come back, we're going to spank Sean until he actually follows us. This is Double Tap Canada. I'll be back in a moment. If you love Double Tap Canada, why not check out Double Tap TV with Stephen Scott and Marka Flalo? Every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. The latest tech news, hands-on reviews, exclusive interviews, accessible to all. Find out more at ami.ca slash double tap. This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, Double Tappers, want to get involved? Call the show now at 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca and have your say. Thank you for joining us on this edition of Double Tap. Sorry, I, I'm not, I, don't, I can't match the energy of Steven. I know. Doesn't what is he feel weird? Maybe, maybe that's why he's not feeling well. Just too much energy week after week and it just eventually you, just, you can't keep it up. No, he gives too much. That's let me, his trouble. Let me try it, okay? <sighs> Welcome back to Double Tap Canada. Thank you, guys. And I can't do it. I don't have the accent. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't like... I, I couldn't even try to be Scottish if I wanted to. No one could be Stephen. Get I, well soon, Stephen. Uh, I saw a, um, a tweet this morning from Sean Priest looking um, for an accessible... What was it? Washing machine? Oh, don't get me started. Okay, since Stephen's not here... I'll have a rant, right? <laughs> Especially as it's Global Accessibility Awareness Day. Right. So we want an accessible washing machine. Is that what we want? Yeah. 
that, I mean, is that so much to ask for? I mean, right, smart home. Everyone's pushing the smart home. The smart home's great. Smart home, smart lights, smart whatever. Everything's smart. Except when it gets to the kitchen, when it all gets incredibly dumb. My washing machine died, so okay, need a new washing machine. Now, now we're talking about wash- like for your, for your clothing, right? Not for your dishes, right? For no. clothing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now apparently this is weird that here in the UK we have our washing machines in our kitchens. Apparently that's strange. You know to- what? That's that's uh, that's not really that strange because when we had a apartment we used to go to in Florida, the washing machine and dryer was like a all in one unit that always lived in the kitchen. That's and right. Every yeah. kitchen had. I don't know. It doesn't. So it doesn't seem odd to me. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, I was told that was really weird and that everyone has Okay, you know what, you're right, you're right. That's really strange, Sean. Thank you. All right. God, you're difficult. Um, (laughs) So I want an accessible one because um, the one I've got currently has a dial and physical buttons on it and you can put little bump on so you know what does what and where to move the dial. Beautiful. But as with the smartphones, when they started to go touch screen, Everything is going touchscreen or touch sensitive. There's no physical buttons on a lot of these anymore. A nightmare when it comes to accessibility. So I thought, well, that's fine. There must be a app controlled uh, washing machine out there or, you know, some way of it being accessible. We're living in the future. It's so difficult to find anything. Now, from what I understand that... um, in, in America and possibly in Canada as well, that you have slightly um, more accessible washing machines or white goods than we do, that you're actually a little bit ahead. But trying to find information whether a certain uh, machine was accessible was nigh on impossible. It wasn't mentioned. Um, the the odd one I have looked at in the past, um, there was one called Candy, Hot Point Candy, which had a, a companion app. I downloaded the app and it was not accessible. It was clunky. It was unlabeled buttons. It was a nightmare to use. And it, it just infuriates me that we're at this stage where, hey, smart home, it's all great. We're so funky and cool. And yet there's still this area here where washing machines and cookers and things like that it's so far behind. These companies need to get on board as well. These companies need to realize that other people need to use their devices. I did pick a Samsung one at the end. I, I was just going to ask you because I, I, when I looked online and I'm, I'm saying to myself, <laughs> I've seen I've seen smart washing machines. I've seen ones that are totally app controlled that have Alexa skills built into them. And you know that doesn't mean they're accessible. That doesn't mean you can access all the functions, but... The Samsung no. is the one that comes up. They've got a 5.8 cubic foot front load washer Oof. that I know is completely, completely app controlled. So does that mean it's accessible? Well, I mean, the chances of it being accessible, if it's if it's you know, Wi-Fi connected, then the chances are that, you know, it's going to be, there's more options for it being accessible. As I said, there's a good chance that the app may not be accessible on iPhone or Android or whatever, or maybe not all the features are accessible to you. But as long as I can set a program and start and stop, I'm happy. So, yeah, that, that's a much better way to go. But it's interesting that you were able to look that up straight away. Now, as I but said, I, but here, I wasn't looking for an accessible washing machine, right? I was looking for a smart washing machine. Smart, yes. Yeah. Which is the way I went as well. Okay. That's the first way I went. And no, really difficult to find. If you can find one, they are really expensive. And, and I was going to say, you know, this, I mean, the starting price here is about $1,000, whereas I know that you can get a, a washing machine for four or $500 these days. So you're looking at double the price. Which is what we always do. We use them to death. So, you know, we, we, I don't want to pay $1,000 for a washing machine. I, I just don't want to do it. And there shouldn't be a reason that I need to pay that premium price just so I get an accessible one. Someone did show me a Samsung dryer, which is, um, you know, just touch control. But it had a um, it had Braille on the power button oh, wow. and the temperature button, so you could actually feel where the, the the area was, and then just swipe to the right and it would turn it on. Swipe to the right and it would turn it off. And for things like temperature, you would swipe up and it would give increasing tones, you know, louder tones. Beep 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 beep. beep. So you would know that you were increasing the temperature. See, and it, it's it's really nothing to add that to it, but it makes the world of difference. I, I don't know. I just... It shouldn't, there's some... it shouldn't have to take something becoming smart for it to be accessible. 
that's not the order of operations no, here. It right. should be the opposite. Like these should be accessible from the start, and then when they get smarter, oh, added benefit! You can control it with your smartphone. You don't have to worry about the physical buttons anymore. That's not that's not how the world should be going, especially when we're sitting here in 2021. Exactly right. That's that's my whole point. Sometimes I think, oh wow, you know, everything is going great when it comes to accessibility, and everyone's taking it seriously. And it only only takes one instance like this where you start looking into something a category you haven't looked into before, and you realise they have no idea about accessibility, or 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 they don't really want to go into it. So, yeah, I, I'm just a little bit annoyed by that. So we will see. I did get a Samsung Eco Bubble. So if that's accessible or not, I have no idea, but we will find out. Yeah, definitely going to find out. You know, that that brings me up an interesting question that I want to kind of pose to the audience here. Maybe we could talk about this in a couple of weeks after we get some feedback, which is what is that one item that is not accessible today that just really should be and it's dumbfounds you? You know, maybe it's a washer, maybe it's a a blender, who knows what it is. What is that one item that you've been looking for, uh, an accessible item that you just have been unable to find and you've just been absolutely dumbfounded? Let us know. The phone number is 1-844-971-1999. Of course, the email address, feedback at ami.ca and on Twitter, we are at Double Tap Canada. I'm curious, do you have anything else that you could think of off the top of your head before this washing machine incident you know something like that <laughs> absolutely oh, really? uh, the only the other one i can think of is fitness equipment going to the gym i've already i've, I've had to get the instructor see i don't believe you right off the bat i don't believe you because i know it doesn't <laughs> wait, happen wait that was 10 years ago okay thank i had you. to get i had to get the guy over to set it up and start it off for me but it's still the case now when i moved into the new house and, and turned the garage into a, the garage into a gym um buying the equipment None of it's accessible. I've got bump-ons all over the place, and they all fall off when I sweat on them. So, ooh, um, yeah, fitness equipment is definitely one of them. Fitness equipment. Never would have thought of that. So when someone turns it on for you, how do you, how do you know when it's over? Because, you know, if it's a treadmill, it kind of just keeps going. Until I going. fly off. Because you fly off. There you go. Yeah, we're done. We're done. John, please fly here. forward. On the floor, on the floor. Just... <laughs> Oh, I have stepped Lord. onto a moving treadmill before. Oh, I didn't think God. anyone was on it, and someone was doing maintenance on it, an engineer, and he had it going at full pelt. And oh, I just da, 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 jumped on it and just flew straight off. Um, so for those who are listening to the fun. show, uh, you uh, you know we have this document that goes in the background here that you and I and, and Stephen and whoever else is on the show, we kind of refer to to give us a, an idea of what we're going to talk about if we don't have an idea. It gives us a good opportunity of something to throw in here. And you threw something in here. Uh, two things that are, are interesting I want to I know more about. Google Assistant will sing you a song about getting vaccinated. Have you tried this? What song does it sing you? Oh, no, no. See, this was put in the documents by someone else. and Oh, I, so you don't I, even know. <laughs> no, I do know, but I hate any of these. Uh, Lady A sings you a song about dogs, or and they are just the worst inane nonsense you've ever heard. Now, I hate to say that about vaccination, <laughs> because I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm talking about the song about vaccination. Absolutely right. I'm talking about the song. Um, Yes, maybe we could play it in if we could find it. But um, you know what? Funny enough, out of all the devices I have sitting next to me here, do I have? I don't even know if I have a Google Home. No, I don't. Google. No, I don't think so. This is how I figure it out. I just have to yell at it. I you said everyone's Google off. I don't care. You know, this is this is part of the fun part of the show. But listen, I um, Alexa. Sing me a song about vaccination. <gasps> Sorry, I don't know that. Do oh. Now, if you ask Alexa, her to sing uh, you a song about dogs, she'll go crazy. Will she? Sing you- Alexa, <laughs> sing me a song about dogs. Please don't be. Alexa, volume 10. Doggies are all I want to see. Doggies, they're all so friendly. Lovely. I just want doggies. This is played to me at least four times a day. How old are your kids? 25. (laughs) Alexa, volume five. (laughs) I think it's good music to kind of lead out the segment. What do you think? Yes, I think so. Doggies. (laughs) Have you ever asked her to sing happy birthday to you specifically? No. Does she do it? (laughs) Sing happy birthday, Sean. Okay, let's do this. Oh no! One, two, 
It's next week. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, she doesn't know your name. Happy birthday to you. Three cheers. Hip, hip, hooray. Now, she will know some people's names. Sometimes there are actually versions of, of this with a real name in it. Well, um, thanks for that, Mark. No That's problem. made me real depressed. Don't make it depressed. Come on. This is great. Now we have, you know how many people are singing Happy Birthday, Sean, right now? Because, they're, because their Echo's doing it and they can't yes. stop it. <laughs> we are so sorry. I am bringing this to you guys at home <laughs> so that you don't have to do it yourself. Um, let's take a quick break. It is Double Tap Canada. Thank you guys so much for being here. Um, Stephen Scott, as you can tell, is not here, which is why we're actually talking about tech. Uh, so thank you for being here. <laughs> if you want to get involved, it's uh, 844-971-1999. Don't I didn't say that. Yeah, no, no. Uh, feedback at ami.ca. Of course, the email address on Twitter. We're at Double Tap Canada. Double Tap online on Instagram. You can find us absolutely anywhere. It's pretty cool how this works, this whole social media world. Uh, we take a quick break and we come <laughs> back here on Double Tap Canada. Miss something on today's show? Search for Double Tap Canada on the podcast platform of your choice and listen anytime. We'll be back after this. Hey, Double Tappers, want to get involved? Call the show now at 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca and have your say. Welcome back, Double Top Canada. Mark Aflalo sitting in the hosting seat alongside me, Sean Priest. Uh, guys, next week, Dave Brown from now with Dave Brown will be joining us. Um, Dave actually asked me this week, he said, Mark, what are we, uh, we going to be talking about? Why do you want me on the show? I said, it has to do with the operating system in which he uses on his phone. Yep. He's an Android boy. He's always been an Android boy, so we're going to kind of dig in to find out why on earth he's still an Android boy. No interest in any other aspect of his life. Don't really care. Other than the only reason we want no. you on, Dave. Yeah, don't care. <laughs> you host a good show. It's nice, but, you know, yeah. why do you yeah. use Android? What, what on earth? Why are you such a Luddite? Oh, don't you start. It's like Steven's still here. There's nothing I have to. You know, it's, it's actually, I don't do it on purpose. It's um, it's Steven. His virtual hand is in my butt, and it's, it's <laughs> I'm, a, I'm his little oh, puppet. Please. I'm his little puppet. What? Actually, going back to Google I.O. for a second, sure. and people were, were, were saying oh, there was nothing announced. It was, you know, drab or whatever. Day but one, actually, day one, come on. Well, now, yeah, but aside from that, though, the, the point is the way they were talk, talking about AI, right? Now, Apple have talked about AI on their keynote events many times, right? And other companies have. But when Google do it, there's something... I don't know. I've, I've, I've mentioned so many times. It's like living in the future. And when you look at the Google uh, work that they're doing on their AI and machine learning, it blows my mind. So when they talked about the search and they're working on their search engine and natural language. So one example that they gave was, um, okay, so I've climbed this particular mountain. What do I need to do to prepare to climb this other mountain? You know, that, that's a complicated thing to to ask a voice assistant. <clears throat> but they're able to work that out. And they're able, the, the work that they're doing enable, uh, to enable you to just talk in a more conversational manner. Oh, they blow, it blows in, my mind. Blows yeah, uh, my mind. We looked at, I mean, when was it? A few years ago now when they did, was it called Duplex? Where they were making the voice assistant make appointments for you over the phone. Yeah, people were complaining that it was way too natural. It's, yeah, exactly. It's it's almost like they're ahead. They're so far ahead of the game that people aren't ready for it, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. That could be something incredibly special. They had another one where they they um, took a picture, and this is down to the Google Lens app and things like I that. I was just going to say image processing. It, yeah, absolutely incredible how they do that. And, you know, take a picture of some boots and, you know, send that off. And I think the question they added with that was, you know, are these boots suitable for climbing whatever mountain? And it was able to give them an answer. But more than that, when it came to shopping, you can take a picture of a pair of shoes and it can identify what those are, what whatever product. It doesn't have to be boots and shoes, whatever the product is. But it can identify that. It can tell you where you can buy that. And then more, it can monitor the price. If you don't want to buy it at that price, it can tell you when that price is lowered. It can oh go off God. and search for coupons and vouchers for that product. I mean, that 
is really along so, with. So there's another step to that. There's also they're they're making the camera uh, do a better job at rendering dark skin tones, natural hairstyles. It can identify skin abnormalities to help you catch yeah. things earlier. Um, all with just the camera. We're not talking about any extra chips here or any lidar nope. sensors or anything. Just an image and processing that image. It could tell you if you're potentially sick, if you've got a skin disease. Um, you can point it at any object and find out what that object is if you don't know what it is. It's just insane. It is. And look, that, that particular app, which can dermatologists can use to help identify the patient takes a picture of some rash or whatever blemish on their skin and that app can almost identify out of I think it was like something 243 skin diseases and give a a, a guesstimate of what it is but that guesstimate is pretty damn accurate so much so that over here in the UK that's actually been certified as a tool that the medical profession can use it's not been So, uh, so why is it that you keep sending me pictures of your nether regions (laughs) because <laughs> I've got a rash I want you to look at. <laughs> and there you, know, you have the reason Stephen is not here this week <laughs> you always got to lower the tone Mark unbelievable come back Stephen I have to do it for Stephen he's going to do it or I'm going to have to bring it in I just I can't help it I just can't help it you've got a uh, problem sir We've got an email here uh, from Vince. Vince, I have a Sony Smart TV. I put in a flash drive with music on on one of the plugins. Uh, I guess he means one of the jacks on the back of it. When I go to the music app, it shows all my music under different categories, starting with home, artists, albums, songs, etc. However, there's one that has a category, playlists. How am I able to create a playlist from my music that's coming from the flash drive? Can any of the music be stored in the Sony TV? Thank you in advance for your response. Uh, it's a good question. I should have read that ahead of time and researched it. <laughs> well, actually, this is one for Stephen because I believe he has a Sony TV. I think he's got two, actually. Um, but I think I know the answer to this one. So, no, I don't think you can store the music directly on the Sony TV. It does play from the USB pen drive, which you plug into the back. Now, when it comes to playlists, you can make a playlist you know, on the TV itself. So it's one of those where you'd make a playlist on a computer. Um, you know, you make that separately. It would be a M3U file extension. And this is all getting a bit techy and nerdy, but uh, it is a standard format for playlists, M3U. I believe so iTunes could, lets you control them in an M3U format. And you can export them from there as well. Oh, but there you go. That would be cool. Uh, mm. I hate I hate iTunes, but yeah, cool. If you can use iTunes, I can, then great. So just, you can make it M3U anywhere, and that's what the Sony TV is looking for, an M3U file, and they will use that as the playlist if one is there on the pen drive. That's as much as I know from that. Well, fine. We'll bring it up again next week. Your note to self. Ask Stephen again <laughs> next week. Um, uh, another piece of news that I saw uh, this week, uh, the Xbox Party Chat, which, again, I mean, I'm not a big gamer. Um, I don't know about you if you own an Xbox, if you really like no. gaming on it. I know Stephen likes playing the truck games, but this has been the Party Chat is one of the most popular features. My son uses it all the time to talk to his friends when he's on the Xbox. Either that or he has the iPad next to him with seven people on FaceTime. It's, it's quite ridiculous. But the <laughs> Party Discord. chat. No, you know what? He started Discord a little bit, but I'm trying to restrict how many things he's on so that I can at least keep track of them all. It's yeah, hard. It's really, it's, yeah. it's really yeah. hard to do um, because, you know, now the latest thing is he wants a SIM card for his phone that he has. He has an old, an iPhone XR that I bought refurbished and his friends are now at some, some friends are at the age where they're going into high school. And that's kind of the, the turning point where you're 11, 12 years old. You're going to be yep. maybe traveling by yourself a bit. Um, so that's when you want to get them a SIM card so they can keep in touch. But he wants a SIM card. He's obsessed with it. I can't call him. I'm like, yes, you can call him on duo, call him on FaceTime, call him on yep. Facebook messenger. No, no, I want a SIM card. I'm like, for what? So it costs me money? Yes, pretty much. Like, so you can use it anywhere and use my data? I'm just going to restrict I'm just going to restrict it anyway. Anyhow. Um, uh, yeah, go on. Um, system-wide chat now has live transcription and text-to-speech features, which is pretty cool. And it's one of these things that, you know, Microsoft is constantly trying to infuse their accessibility know-how Amazing. into everything they do. Yeah, Microsoft are just so cool. They are star players when it comes to accessibility lately. Um, Yes, look, for low vision gamers, this is a big deal. So you've got the text chat that goes on. That can now be read aloud uh, using TTS. Um, And for the audio chat, there's real-time transcribing. So for people that are hard of hearing, um, you know, you can actually see 
what people are saying over the mic. Uh, it sounds like it's it's not much, but actually for low vision and, and hard of hearing people who who'd love playing games, and there are plenty out there, this is a massive deal. And uh, again, well done, Microsoft. They're just playing, a, they're playing an absolute blinder, as we would say. Probably the wrong word to use, but yes, great. Well done, well done, Sean Priest. <laughs> um, finally, to cap out the show, let's talk about IBM for a second because they have a new smartphone app that really is kind of cool because it doesn't use traditional LiDAR or anything like that. It just uses the regular camera to help people, uh, visually impaired people, stand in line. It basically helps you navigate the distance between you and the next person in line. It could see where the end of the line is, and it's constantly reporting that information back to you. So if you've got an earbud in, you can hear exactly when the line moves, how far ahead. In this world of social distancing, which is hopefully going to be narrowing a little bit over the coming months. Mm -hmm. um, uh, this is a very helpful app if you don't already have those kind of services built in on your iPhone, for example. Yeah, so you don't need a LiDAR. You don't need an iPhone 12 Pro Max or anything. This is great. And look, this is actually before social distancing. I hate lining up for anything because I'm forever <laughs> tapping the person in front of me on the heel with my white stick. Are you still there? Are you still there? <laughs> they must hate me. But you know what? That's what we got to do. And anything that can help um, sort of get away from that, this is great. So, yeah, it's called Line Chaser, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it's exactly what it's called, Line Chaser, uh, and available on both iOS and Android. So it's going to be uh, interesting. I'm from IBM. I know. I see, I, I haven't heard their name in a while. Ooh. No, exactly. Since the 70s, since Tron. Since, uh, since, since cool. Tron. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to check this uh. out. Yeah, we'll try this one out. Any, any closing arguments before we cap off the show in the next uh, 40 seconds? Uh, no, think so. thank you. Mark, <laughs> you, did a, you did a fantastic job. Well done, sir. I, I thought the energy was up there. Oh, thank you. Or it's uh, because I started my morning spilling my coffee all over myself. Yes. How is your nipple? Uh, my nipple is quite erect and uh, smells That's enough. like oh, coffee. Dear. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for being here on this edition of Double Tap, uh, not television, Double Tap Canada. Uh, Stephen Scott will hopefully be back next week. Um, really, he doesn't have much of a choice. If he's not back, well, then there's going to be no show. That's basically yes, how I'm going right. to position this for him. Tools. Um, thank you guys for being here. As always, if you want to get in touch, the phone number 844-971-1999. And on Twitter, Facebook, everywhere, just, uh, just look for Double Tap Canada. You'll find us there, I promise. Thank We're you. everywhere. Bye-bye. <laughs>